welcome to the Bourbon Brothers, episode two. Here on the Bourbon Brothers, we will taste three to four bourbons, give our opinion on how they taste, and rate them on a one to ten scale. We're podcasting from the Boarding House Bistro, located in a beautiful downtown O'Fallon. We will also discuss life issues, current topics, and other various subjects, and solve them one drink at a time. Let me introduce our podcast crew. First up, Jim Johnson, our co-host. What's going on, Carlos? Next, we have the ladies' lover, Fred. Well, I don't know about that, but I'll, I'll go with it. Sounds good. Thanks for blowing up my skirt. <laughs> and we have our our little leprechaun, Bart McCrory. Uh Officially 5'10". I checked out at the hospital yesterday. That you stand on a sack of potatoes. On stilts. <laughs> on stilts. And our product expert, Dave LeVan. What's up, guys? And myself, Carlos Sanford. So, Dave, um, what are we starting out with tonight? So tonight we're going to be going with four different bourbons. Um, I will discuss each one in detail, but I'll tell you right now, we'll be going with a Woodford Reserve, a J.R. Ewing Special Reserve, Willet Potstill, and Blatton's Single Barrel. So the first one we're going to have tonight is the Woodford Reserve. Uh, we've all poured that already tonight. Everybody's had a little sample of that. Um, a little bit about that. It is a 90 proof bourbon out of Versailles, Kentucky. Um, it has a mash bill of 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley. Special thing about Woodford Reserve Distillery, it's actually a national historic landmark. Um, in 1812, the art of fine making fine bourbon took place there, and it's actually on the National Registry, so it's kind of cool there. Um, when you guys are smelling that, what are you guys getting out of that? Uh, you're definitely smelling that charred oak barrel in this one. There ain't no two ways about that, Dave. Okay. Got some cinnamon out of that. Right. And you're going to get that. You're going to get that dark fruit. You're going to get that oakiness. You're going to get that um, cinnamon spice. Okay. Now, when you taste it, you should get some vanilla in there and still with that spice is coming through. And from a finish standpoint, um, I believe Jim described it earlier as when you're, all, when you're a kid having a red hot, it's that, that type of cinnamon finish that you're going to get. It's not overpowering, but it does linger a little bit with a little bit of sweetness to it. Yeah. Hey, Dave, I got a question for you. I'm looking at this beautiful crystal decanter in front of us. What is that? That would be an infinity bottle. So once we since we started this, uh, for those of you who don't know what an infinity bottle is, once you get down to a bottle that you really enjoy, usually about a half a pour left, maybe a full pour, you put it in a bottle, and then we record that, what it is, uh, the date that we did it, uh, and the amounts. And then we do that every two weeks with our meetings until that's filled. And then at that point, we will sample that. So it is going to be a plethora of flavors. Um, I honestly cannot wait to try this. So, so far, what we have in our affinity bottle, we have Willet Pot, Blue Corn Whiskey, which is a bourbon, Blanton's, Russell's 10, Colonel Taylor, 
and Bibb and Tucker. So, uh, Bart, let me ask you a question. Do you think Tiger Woods should come back? Does he have anything to prove? For me, personally, the way I view him, I view him as the greatest that's ever played the game already. Now, would I like to see him come back? He doesn't have to do anything to prove anything to me. I mean, he could come back. That would be an amazing story. But no, to me, he's the greatest of all time. What do you think, Jim? I don't know if he's the greatest of all time, Bart. I'm going to tell you. And this is the reason why. I mean, it's it's a couple of simple words. He doesn't have magic number what? 18. You're going to okay, go with 18? There you go. There you go. Enough said. Oh, so wait a minute. Uh, 20 extra victories over Jack Nicklaus <clears throat> doesn't count. I mean, he's, he's tied with the most victories in uh, golf history with Sam Snead. So he's tied. 82. You're saying he's the greatest, but he doesn't hold all the top records. He changed the game. He is, oh, you, you know, you have those special players that, you know, you're not going to cover every statistic to be the greatest. But I will tell you right now, his winning percentage, what he brought to the so game, you what he, he did. You, you think he's the winningest. Who's the greatest the in best? baseball? Greatest in baseball? All time? All time. Wow, that's, see, that's a big genre. That's a bigger history. It's the same difference. Who's the greatest football player? Greatest football player? Bo Jackson. What'd you say, Chris? Ray Finkel. Ray Finkel. (laughs) Well, let me go back to the baseball. Wide right. Wide right. I I think Pete Rose. Pete Rose is probably, yes, one of the, yeah, I would say he was one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And he should be in in the Hall of Fame, by the way. But I also think it's an era. Because we always try to compare people like Tiger Woods to Sam Snead or Jack Nicholson or they've never played together. One if they would play, one of those guys have to come on top. Right? Right. So who, how can you say who's greatest when they play in different eras? Yeah, I mean, I had to jump in because I'm a sports guy. When you're looking at baseball, though, man, how do you define the greatest player? Are we looking at home runs, RBIs, hits? I mean, baseball has a well. You have pitching and you goal. have pitching and batting. Yeah, you, you could go. You could probably split it down to those two, and then fielding. I mean, you actually have extra categories in baseball. I mean, you but that's that's the, I mean, that's the, for me. That's hard to break down because if I mean, I would have three. If you, if you say fielding, I'm gonna say Ozzie Smith. If you say hitting, I'm gonna say Hank Aaron because he had the most home runs. If you say pitching, I'm gonna say uh, Nolan Ryan. I mean, that's that's a broad. It's not a bad list. I'm not gonna lie. But to get back to the original question, man, Tiger Woods changed the game. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Palmer, the Bear. They changed golf courses because of Tiger Woods. You know. Well, you have to understand something too. Okay, so when 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 Palmer was going through, what what kind of clubs was he using? Was do you think he was using one of these big old Bertha, the big Bertha that's all titanium and everything else? No, he was using wood. So yeah. like it goes back to what Carlos said. And he went against like he went errors. against like maybe thirty guys. Tiger went against hundreds. And still came out more victorious. But it's the same difference. Same, it's a different era. Yeah, different yeah, era. I mean, but you know what though, man? To, to be honest, there is there is no way, honestly, since when you, since you put it the way you put it, it is very very hard, man, to compare some of the greatest athletes of all time because of the era 
and the time that they played. Because, you know, you, we can sit up here in, in like we did two weeks ago when you were talking about Emmitt Smith. Mm-hmm. Jim Brown, for the nine years he played, baddest man in the game. But at that same time, they only played nine games. Yeah, Players weren't as fast and as strong as they are now. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'll mean, agree to that 100%. You know, you know, that, it's same thing with baseball. I mean, when, when Babe Ruth was playing, what was – to the to the fence. What was the uh the, the feet to the fence? Two thirty, two fifty, two fifty. Nowadays it's four hundred. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it, it's all based on error, you know. And it's exactly is. Is Tiger Woods, he is probably one of the greatest. Okay, is he the greatest of this era then? Oh, hands down. Okay. Hands down. Okay. You know, is he the absolute single greatest golf player to ever play golf? I wouldn't I would say no. Is he one of the greatest golf players that has ever played? Yes, I, I would give you that. Who I would say. I, I would say. Okay, so if we had a Mount Rushmore, Tiger's on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Palmer's going to be on there. Nicholson's going to be on there. What's the last? One? Sam Snead, no Hogan. Hogan, yeah. It's a lot of good golf players. I mean, because we talk about who's who's the greatest. What's oh, who is the greatest basketball team, basketball team or football team? Well, that would be the Chicago Bulls, the 90s, <laughs> because they had the greatest player of all time. He is the GOAT, and I understand I think, we're going to have LeBron. I don't know. See, I love, I'm, a, I'm a Jordan man. I love Jordan. Right. But it's the era. Era? When I, when I, no, when I, put, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, when we were growing up, it was Dr. J. Yes. He was a man. You had Dr. J, Magic, and Bird. Uh, don't yes. forget Kareem. Uh, Kareem, uh, he was... What he was on the tail, he was on his way out when those guys. But he played yeah, for a long time. Yeah, but he, he, did. he he played with those guys. But he changed the game coming in. Yeah. Yes, and absolutely. Will right. Chamberlain too, especially with Will Chamberlain. But that's yeah. it. That Michael changed the game because you know he went third in the draft. Fourth. I thought it was third to the Bulls. Fourth to the Bulls. Okay, so he went fourth I mean, he, in the draft. He didn't even go to North Carolina. Do you know for why basketball. the NBA he went believed baseball, in the big man game? See, I thought he was a better baseball player than he was basketball. No, baseball was his first love. There you go. Baseball was his first love. Basketball was what he excelled. Absolutely. But he was, to me, he changed the game. He changed the game. So how about that bourbon? You know, I, uh, you guys like to talk a lot. I'm more of a drinker, uh, and I'm ready to let's rate take it. a taste. Let's rate, let's rate and the Woodford. See what we have. And get the so next one. So this is Woodford, up. This is Woodford right? Woodford, yeah, Woodford Reserve. All right, Fred, what do you give it? Actually, there's not a bad bottle on this table. If you guys were here, oh, my God, there's not a loser. There is not a loser. Fred, we're not talking about women. Can you uh, rate it? Hold on. Yeah, my book, they all win. They all win. Unfortunately, Fred, like in life, you do know there has to be a loser. So, All right, well, we're not going to do a sports analogy, but um, I'm going to tell you that uh, it has a, a heavier taste to me. Uh, it's a darker color. Uh, it's got a nice burn going down. And because I see there's several other on the table, I'm going to tell you that in, in, in my mind, it's probably about a seven. That's a good rate. All right, All right Chris. I agree with Fred. I think it's a seven. Yeah, Chris is a, a man of many words here. <laughs> I, I, that's all I can say. All right, Jim, what do you think about it? 
Uh, I'll tell you, you know, uh, the Woodford Reserve, it, it's a good bourbon, you know. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's in my top five by any means uh, of all the ones I've tasted, but I'm still new at this. Uh, but like Fred says, um, it does have a nice burn to it. It's not one of those where you're just like, oh, my God. Um, it does have that cinnamon taste to it. And it just it just all those eating those red hots when I was a kid. I mean, just that's just what it reminds me of. You know, uh, I'll give this one a seven. I'll give this one a solid seven. Bart's Mercore. You know what? This is a great dinner drink. A great, a great sipping dinner drink. Um, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna go with uh, man. I'm, I'm hold on. Six point eight. Seven. For Seven. Bart. <laughs> All right, Davy. Um. It is a good bourbon. I, I just I, I do don't, enjoy I don't it. understand um, why you have to be a douche. I actually I have just a bottle at home that I use for um, Manhattans and old fashions. Um, but to drink it either neat or on the rocks, um, it's not it's not one of my choices that I would pick. Um, but like I said, for a mixing, I, I do enjoy it. Um, I'll give it a five. Ooh, a five. My man Jeff. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Uh, like I said, man, I'm new to this, but I will say this: uh, bourbon's all right with me. Um, give it a seven. And myself, you know, I, I like it. I like the Woodford products. Um, it does give me that cinnamon taste. I can taste some vanilla in it also, but I give it a solid six. See how that's working out, Bart? We, we're giving whole numbers. I mean, we're not talking about decimals here. I mean, it's his ankle. Numbers. Give him a break. It's his ankle. Round so, Dave, two. What do we, yeah. Dave, what do we have next? So, the next one we have is the J.R. Ewing Private Reserve. Um, this is an 80-proof um, four-year-old. Um, it is distilled in Kentucky. The problem is there's not a lot of information on this. This is basically came about from the Dallas night soap opera basically uh warner brothers oh, warner brothers went together with um basically the the company and said we want to make a bourbon for the show that's so this is how it came about um it's got a mash bill of 81 percent corn um 13 rye six percent malted barley um it's not a very complex or layered bourbon so it is one that is recommended be, to be drunk, neat, drank, excuse me, drink, drunk, drank. I'm sitting next to an Irishman. What the fuck? Um, and you're already drunk. I'm drank. Um, like I said, it's <laughs> like I said, it's not a very complex or a layered bourbon. So uh, that's basically you're going to drink it either neat or on the rocks. Um. So we'll all, uh, Mr. Jim's pouring that for us. So uh, all you guys like to have a taste oh, boy, of that. I'm going to tell you what, this is going in the thing tonight. So this was named after, if I can get this right, this is named after the character of Dallas. You're correct. Yes. You either love him or hate him. But he was shot. You know, I, you know, as this is bringing back memories of my childhood when my, 
we Sears only catalog had, memory. Sorry, yeah. Jason. Well, we only, we National Geographic. <laughs> Come okay. on now. Just admit, I went international. Just admit you were thinking about Charlene Tilton's tits. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it was well, you know, you had Heather Locklear was on that show. Say hey, Fred. So we're coming up on an anniversary, or we're past anniversary, of COVID. How has how has COVID changed your life? How's COVID changed my life? I mean, that's directly to me. How's COVID changed everybody's life? Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm a social being. How about you, Carlos? You a social being? Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, little <laughs> bumper car action, meet and greet. What type of bumper car are you talking about? Well, you know, it depends on your atmosphere or your venue. But in any case, uh, yeah, that kind of stopped it all. Skating the line on that one. <laughs> Skating the line. I mean, is it me or just free of talking code? It's... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, co- co- bad deal. Bad deal, guys. And, you know, and I, I got it. It was a bad deal. I was, I was three weeks out, double pneumonia. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that, Fred. I mean, you, I'm the, a believer. I'm a believer. It's it's a I, real you, thing. You, uh, you missed the one weekend, the one week of Bourbon Club. You came back to the next one, and and, and I remember you saying distinctly, "He goes, man, I, I was scared. I, I making up my will. I didn't think I was coming home." That's real shit. It's it's real shit. And and hey, guys, and I had it unbeknownst to everybody here. I had a really good buddy. Uh, he died. He died from from COVID. He had uh, two and a half months. Guys, guy was a millionaire. Had it had everything going on. And it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And and there's no underlying. He had no underlying. He was a little overweight. I mean, a little. He wasn't, you know, beast by any means. And he had the occasional cigar. Other than that, the guy had a healthy lifestyle. He traveled. He went everywhere. And two months later, he was gone. Yeah. You know, my grandfather, um, he, he passed away from it, you know, back in uh, Thanksgiving. You know, we, we buried him the day before Thanksgiving from it. So... I think in um, in one form, way or another, I think it's affected everybody at some point or somehow. You know, uh, it, it is a very serious thing. You know, but I don't know. It's everybody's got their own opinion on it. Well, I, I, I'm gonna put it to you like this, man. I I, I truly took it for granted. Uh, my wife has underlying issues. My wife has lupus. She caught it did everything in her power to stay away from it, isolated herself in the house, wouldn't come outside. And when they opened up everything in June, our anniversary, she wanted to go out because she had been, you know, cooped up and she caught it when we went out to celebrate our anniversary. I went a whole year, didn't catch it, talk trash. Walked around with my chest poked out like if, if I would have caught it, I would have been had it. I caught it Christmas Day. Was down for five days. I am a believer. You know, I've lost some friends. I had some friends that caught it, were able to pull through. Matter of fact, me and one of Carlos's good friends that sold cars with us, uh, Kevin Anderson. It really took him through it. You know, I, I you know, but they didn't play with me. I'm a yeah. believer. <clears throat> Hey, Dave, coming from the medical field, what do you see? So a couple things. Um, yeah, it, it has taken a toll. It's I mean, everybody looks at the physical aspects of it, but from an emotional standpoint and a mental standpoint, it has wreaked havoc on nurses, first responders, um, 
pharmacists, managers. Um, at one point, we were out three pharmacists. And you can't not like you can just go hire another one to cover while they're gone because you don't know how long they're going to be gone. So everybody's got to pick up the slack. We're working extra hours, working double shifts. Um, it, it, it takes a toll on you. Um, and another thing that I don't think that is really being addressed is how it's affecting the generation below us. The kids that are in school now, first of all, all they do, they're on their phones and they're on their games and are on, they're on their TVs constantly anyway. So there is a slight decline in social interaction anyway. Now you tell them that they can't go out and hang out with their friends. It's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. And the grades are going down. Um, and it's it's wreaked havoc on on kids. And I think that uh, when they go out in the real world, they're going to struggle for a little bit to communicate, to deal with adults, to be an adult. Um, because online learning is not it. I, personal experience, I couldn't do it. I, I can't. I have to be hands on. I want someone in front of me instructing me how to do things. So that's kind of where I look at it. It's kind of force our uh, kids and college kids to a different type of learning development. Oh, definitely. Something I mean, that they've never been, never been exposed to. Especially if you've got an IEP. If you've got a disability, it's going to affect you dramatically. Yes. So, Bart, what do you, how has it affected your life? You know, I'm, I, I, I'm going to go to different route Was that a transition from... A learning disability into Bart? Is that where you went? Exactly. <laughs> so, right. so for those of you out there, playing, oh, they're you know. out there on an the island catching this funny, you know, <laughs> on, the, I'm on the arm surface radio. Yeah, that was a nice transition. Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> you know, I, I respect everybody's story. Absolutely. So I'm going to go a different direction, though, because it was, um, you know, I. Everything is. It is what it is with COVID and, and everybody has their own opinion. And I and I trust everybody to, you know, make their own journey. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you something that I epiphany I had in the beginning of COVID. Did you have this at night or during the day? It was at night. Would you pitch in a tent? <laughs> no, I was watching no. Michael Jordan. <laughs> so if you pitch remember. <laughs> <laughs> So if you um, if you remember right, the Michael Jordan documentary started about three to four weeks yeah, into the COVID. Yeah, a good series, right. very good series. So in the beginning of COVID, man, I was on lockdown. I was scared. I mean, I was. I was. Scared. We all were. I was. Everybody was scared. I didn't have enough information, mm -hmm. so I thought the best way was to hit lockdown like everybody else and trying to find toilet paper. Right. So. Here I am, I'm not going anywhere except for the grocery store, right? And then all of a sudden they have the Michael Jordan documentary and I think it was like episode six I watched. And it was where he showed up or the camera guy showed up and Michael Jordan was in a hotel room with four walls for a month. Now he couldn't go out, he was sworn by fans. He couldn't go anywhere. And I thought, man, I'm losing my crap in three weeks in of these four walls already. Because like Fred says, we were social butterflies. We go out, we, we did things, right? 
you know, jogging, you know, skateboarding, going out to drinks and meeting up with friends. All that was gone. Mark, you don't skateboard. You crash. <laughs> Come on, be real. So there I was. <laughs> but no, I was I was four weeks in and I finally caught a glimpse of what it was like to be a, a superstar. They have to live their whole life like we lived in COVID in the beginning. Lockdown. I don't you're comparing apples and oranges there, Bart. I, I see I, I I see what you're saying. They chose to be movie stars and to be athletes and to be pros. They chose that life. They knew what they were getting into going into it. Just like a police officer. You know that you could be shot at every day of the week. Fair. A school teacher. Fair. You know that teacher, teacher's pay sucks. Let me give you, you chose. An, may I give you, you joined an the military. You know you could go to war any day of the week. Yeah, can I, but, it's, can I, but can I ask a question real quick, though, just to follow up on that? Yeah. When you choose to be a superstar, and, and this is a great question for me. I don't know if you're chosen. Or, you know, well, chosen or, or you choose. Choose to, to put in the work. But chosen by God to cho- have that athletic right. ability. I agree with that. Like, I agree right. with chosen that. by I God. To be a professional right. athlete. Right. You choose Hold on. to be a professional Hold on. athlete, Hold on. though. Do you think Michael Jordan, who had never had kids, who had never had kids, do you think he knew what it's like to miss your kids' soccer game, baseball game, birthdays? Because you can't be around. You got to put everything on lockdown. You got to spend tens of thousands of dollars for security so you can sneak in to spend time with your own kids. I think it's a. You, you know what I'm saying, right? You like you can't go to the movies. I go to the. I, I don't even. I didn't take advantage. I mean, I don't take for granted the little things I get to do with my kids on a daily. Mark, can yeah. you swim? Very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you can't swim, you going swimming in the pool. Probably, Probably not. not. Enough said. But 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 you know what though there there is a difference, man. As an athlete, depending on how bright your star is, is is how your life changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, their level of excellence was on a whole nother level. So right. with that being said, you bring a whole nother level of issues, problems. You know, your life has changed. It's, it's, it's different from being, let's say, looking at that Michael Jordan team and looking at Michael Jordan and what Michael Jordan had to go through and looking at someone, let's say, like B.J. Armstrong. Or Steve Kerr. Who was on that team. They can leave their hotel. They're going to get mobbed. They're, they're going to get asked for autographs. But mm-hmm. they can still live somewhat of a life, right? Of a life. LeBron James, Tiger Woods, uh, Fernando Tatis, Albert Pujols. When you're on that level, all I mean, I'm saying about is they strive to be the greatest at what they all, do. They, all they I'm saying is the mental toll it took on me all the time, all the time. Right? And they but, want oh, to yeah. be. They want that. Oh, you level. went crazy in three weeks, man. I went crazy I, in two days. Right. I went crazy in three weeks. I could you imagine their life? And I'm just saying. Go I'm just mall. saying. Knowing, well, the, two, knowing the two lives, right? Getting a taste of what it's like to be a superstar on lockdown, basically, and getting a taste of having to live my life with my family. I'm not sure I'd choose to be a superstar. But I don't know. I ain't uh, met my wife. 
by in, you're you're locked down in a two thousand square foot home. They're locked down in a twenty thousand square foot home for life. Do you think I get they, the rest of the world think, most of the time? Do you think they're grocery shopping? No, no I don't know. I don't. They're locked down life. They may not be able to go to public to a Target or something like that because someone does their shopping. Yeah. But they can hang around people. They the can hang around people on their scale. How about go to center field and play putt putt with your kid? You can't. They may shut the place down for them. Yeah, they, they, yes, they do. Right. Yeah, they would do something like that. But yeah. you they can't travel do that. the world in, in their own private jets. Yeah, I'm just saying, gentlemen. I know. I know what you're saying. But they're still when you like I said. But when you get to that level, there are negative things <clears> that come along with it. Absolutely. But there's also positive things. Absolutely. That, that come too. along with it. Right. But, because you still have the time to spend time with your kids. You can't spend time with your kids in the public. You may say, okay, hey, this is Michael Jordan. I want to bring my kids to Chuck E. Cheese. You guys would an- annually make on this day $2,000 in revenue. I'll tell you what. I'll pay you what you make in a year. Yeah. To rent your place out. Yeah, for two hours. And they, these people have their own movie theaters, Bart, in their homes. Yeah. They have bowling alleys. Okay, so please do not think for but a second Jim. that they are living the average lifestyle. Okay. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they chose to be a professional athlete. Okay, I'm going to say this. I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm gonna, the last thing I'm going to say is I understand all of that. But you know what? They can't be a coach for their kid like we were able to, right? No, I can. And some of the friendships. Yes, they can. Yadi yeah, Molina I know, I know was a this coach person. for his kid, and he lived over in Far Oaks. Yeah, Yadi lived in Far Oaks. Right, I got you. His son had a baseball team. Right. Yadi would show up yeah, he to would. his games. Yeah. I've seen Yadi Yadolina at the Circle coach. K up there. Yeah. I've seen there all the time. Yeah. yeah he'd out. go in there. I mean, he just, right. he was cool. Hey, how you doing? So has anybody tasted the Dave Ewing or the J.R. <laughs> Ewing? I love it. I'm just, I'm curious because you know what? I'm excited. I'm going to share that I am excited about this one. What do you think about it? You know, well, we were enlightened that uh, this is an off-brand, this is something created, blah, blah, blah. It really didn't sound exciting to me and, you know, really kind of a knockoff. I'm telling you, light-colored, very smooth. You let it sit in an ice cube more than 30 seconds, you could probably swig it right down without even knowing it's bourbon. This I like. I'm going to give it a solid eight. Anybody else? Chris. It's very smooth. It's probably one of the smoothest ones I've tried. Um, there's no burn. It just slides right down. Um, it tastes pretty good, actually. I, like I said, when it comes to the burn, I'm not a fan of, but, man, this one, this one's smooth. Um, I'm going to say it's a nine. Bart. Wow. I am on the opposite on this end of the spectrum, for real. Um, to me, it's a little syrupy. You know, it has that kind of uh, syrupy taste to me. I don't know what it is. It's not. I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan at all on the um, of this taste. I'm five point one. Dave. So just to reiterate what Bart was kind of talking about. Um, on the nose, you are getting some fruit, fruity uh, tones, maybe some vanilla, a little bit of orange. And then on a taste, it's mild, as Chris and Fred had alluded to. Uh, it is a very mild, doesn't have that burn, but you get that light spice and a honey that lingers. And I think that what Bart was kind of referring to when we talked to and, you know, use that Irish term, syrupy. Syrupy, yeah. That's yeah. what we call so, uh, um, like it, It's a... Uh, 
it's very drinkable. Uh, it is light in color. Um, unfortunately, we don't know a lot about it, um, but it's it's decent. Um, I, I give it a I give it a six. Six. You know, I, I'll give it an eight. I, I like it. It goes down really smooth right from the start. Tastes really good all the way down. Right from the start. It doesn't have to sit and open and breathe. If you want to take a drink and you want to do it now, this is the one. Hey, Jim, what do you think about the J.R. Ewing? I'm going to tell you guys. So whenever I first joined the bar- bourbon club, um, I think it might have been the first or second time I was with you guys. This was one of the first bourbons I've tasted with you guys. And, and I'll tell you what, then I was like, that tastes like dog shit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I'm being honest. Um, but this one now, I mean, now that I can actually appreciate how the bourbons taste and what I'm really looking for in a bourbon, um, I'm going to give this one, um, this one doesn't have a heavy burn. It's got a nice, crisp, clean taste to it. Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven all day long. Easy, easy seven. My man, Jeffrey. Um, I know who shot JR. <laughs> and it was his bourbon. Uh, uh, no disrespect, because I'm a Dallas man, but tastes like R&R when I first tasted it. Um, I give it a six, man. Didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, Carlos... I see these guys eating these pistachios, you know, and, and we're up here at the boarding house, you know, um, these Chipotle barbecue pistachios that my wife gets up here at boarding house bistro, the, you cannot get these pistachios anywhere else. You cannot wow. buy them in the stores. Um, I'm not sure where she gets them from, but I mean, the, these pistachios, I, they, they must be sprinkled with a little bit of uh, crack cocaine on them or something, but I don't know. I mean, they are just Can't delicious. Can't, Can't keep the nuts out of your mouth. I know for Bart, you know. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Fred. Would you like to tell us how to eat one of these? Yeah, why don't you tell us, Fred? You were explaining earlier how you eat one of these nuts. Well, you know, I'm going to admit to what I said, and I'm going to own on to it. And and you know what? In the right frame of mind, I think you're going to completely understand my description. Probably not. I want you to picture a split nut that is coated on the outside. Come on. Maturity, Maturity, Bart. Throw that in your mouth. You swish it around to get the coating off because that's all that chili pepper kind of taste actually it's a chili pepper kind of barbecue thing happening yes there. i mean it, it, it's I really, really like that you in get high all school. that and then you split the nut open and you get the goody on the inside yeah and, and, and you know it is good i, I will admit Man. you know we even got a little board over there too uh garlic cheese curds um some irish cheddar tomato basil garlic um and i think we might what, what was the other one up there manchego for alarm. Oh my god. Okay, yep. Some crackers, uh hot suppressor, suppressor. I mean, really good. You good know? stuff. All good stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fred so. sound like he did an episode from Pornhub. <laughs> I feel so relieved right for now. For those of you listening to this, just say thank you. You did not have to pay one ninety nine a minute for that. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll give JR. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Sorry to hear that. I'll give it an eight. Whoa. All right. Amen, brother. What, what, did, what did Bart give it? Five. Bart gave it a five. And he gave it a flat five, or did he give it like some five bullshit? Point. Like oh, he a gave five point eight. Five point eight. Five point eight. Yeah. Five point no, no, one. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. knocked him down to five. Yeah. Yeah. Such a douche. 
Yeah. That's uh, that was a douche to you. All right, guys. Well, we're going to pause for a hot commercial break here for a second so we can uh, refresh in all the ice cubes in our glasses. And we're going to be coming up to this Willet. Um, so hang tight. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, Chris, um, in your profession, you're a driver, right? I'm in sales, so I drive a lot, yes. So how has COVID affected your career? The effects of that um, when it first started were huge um, because a lot of my dealers, they had to be determined if they were able to open their doors or not open their doors. So business went downhill extremely. Our company basically said, um, no, you go out there and you go sell, do your job, but follow all protocol guidelines. The biggest thing for me, though, is, you know, this COVID has changed the scope of how a lot of people are going to do their jobs going forward. Um, I know people that used to go to the office every day. Now they work from home and they're going to continue to work from home. So, you know, a lot of it's changed. Like you guys talked about the kids going to school and things of that nature. I mean, the scope of what this has done, it's changed everything. I mean, you can walk to a bank now with a mask on, which you couldn't do before. Oh, yeah. That's totally different. Think, think if I walked in a bank with a mask on. <laughs> but I'm just COVID. saying, I mean, this, this <laughs> the scope of what this has changed, I mean, it's changed everything. And, you know, things are getting better. Things are opening up. But you're, you're still going to have those people that are very skittish on getting out in public and being around people. I mean, this has not gone away by no means. You know, it's affected. I think it's affected everybody in some way, somehow. But the extreme levels of, you know, people losing friends, family, you know, that's this is no joke, you know, and if you joked about it before, you know, you better, you know, yeah. have a second thought and think that, you know, people have been hurt by this and it could get worse. I was just going to say, you know, along the COVID, let's, let's, can we go down the line of this vaccine real quick? So if we get the vaccine and I, I need you to educate me, this is a question. It's a serious question. If I get the vaccine and everybody gets the vaccine, does that mean it goes away? No. No. I mean, everybody gets the flu vaccine. The flu doesn't go away. So, wait a minute. So, if I get the vaccine, do I not have to wear a mask? I can yes. go out in public, do what I want to do? Can I do let's, what I want to do? Let's get a health professional to answer that question. No. What you're looking for is this herd immunity. So, that the more people that get the vaccine the more people are inoculated with it. And it's going to allow you to open up to try to get some sense of normalcy. However, until they find out what, a way to take and eradicate this, and they have not <clears throat> eradicated the flu yet, but until they figure out a way to handle this, I think the masks are gonna be around for a while. And people are all gonna have their own discretion of whether to wear them or not. I was in Georgia three weeks ago. <laughs> they don't even know what a mask is. No one wears them. Um, I was in a bar Monday night in St. Louis. All they really tell you is to wear a mask when you walk in. After that, everybody walks around without one. Is it right? That's your that's your call. But if you're vaccinated, does it matter? Yes, it does. Yeah, you that's can still, you can still get it. Why I'm you can still get it, and you can still be a carrier. You're not immune. You're yeah. not. So how is it carried? How is it transferred? Um, from what I understand, it is aerosol. I mean, it comes out from, that's why you wear a mask, because it can come out 
aerosolized in your saliva, when you talk, when you spit, sneeze, cough, anything like that. What about flatulence? I don't think that's been checked yet. However, there is an Irish study concerning that. Um, that's what? a solid effing study. Let me tell you that right now. All right, guys. So moral of the story of this is if you see some asshole walking around blowing farts in your face, you might have COVID. I'm just saying. I mean, but, you know, to go to your point, Bart, I, you know, the Spanish the Spanish flu back in the 20s, that, that mask lasted a couple of years. And do you know how many people died from the Spanish flu? Like 30-something million people. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no cure. There's no yeah. cure for the Black Plague? Well, no, there's not. There was no cure for polio or... No, the I, time. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you, Dave, and, and I'm going to give you my honest opinion from one person to a health professional. And I think what has a lot of people in this is just my speculation. How many years did it take to come up with the, the cure for polio? Like 26 years or something oh, like that. 20 to 30 years. Yeah. And we came up with the cure for COVID in nine months. I don't think it's a cure. I, that's, cu- that, I think that's we where a lot of people cured, are like. We've never they cured think a virus. it's a cure. And that's where I think a lot of people are like, you, we, we haven't just cured fucking AIDS yet. And now all of a sudden you've got this vaccine that's going to work for us now. That's where I think there's a lot of people, you know, just like, because, I mean, Chris and I are on the fence now. Very guys. People are skeptical. They are, you know. Now, in, in my profession, I'm a pharmacist. I had to get the vaccine and that's fine. Um, I had the choice whether to have my kids vaccinated. Um, they did get their first shot. Um, my wife is also in healthcare. She got hers. If I wasn't in that situation, I'm not sure if I would have yet. You know, and I'll tell you, and you guys know the situation with my youngest son with Boston. You know, I mean, he's um, he's immune deficient, you know. I mean, so the, right. a common cold can, you know, can Re-catic. do a number on him. Um, you know, but my wife and I are we, we are not vaccinated and, I, and I'm not. I'm not condoning. I am not telling people don't get vaccinated. That's not what I'm saying here. Uh, my wife and I have just come to peace with what we our situation is. Um, and, and our thought process is if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. You know, I, it's just it's like anything else. I mean, if you're you, you, you have to go on the you have to rely on other people to, to do smart decisions, washing their hands, covering their mouth, being sanitary. Not standing on top of me, not farting in my face. <laughs> Even though that's See, not upon request. Is, is, wait a minute, don't act like that's yeah. not upon request at times. This is the problem I have. The only problem I have with COVID. It became a p- political warfare. Absolutely, it did. That's my problem with COVID. Yeah, uh, yep. No, our leaders failed us big time by not. I mean, when we want to go to the moon, they united us. <laughs> Well, you would think they would have brought us together. Both sides would have came together. But no, you're right. They used it for political advantage. And it sucks. And they do it all the time. Yeah. That's, any that's, that's, they that's on every major. Yeah, and they don't understand. We're tired of that. We're tired. Work together. Solve the problem. Tired of the bull crap. But the problem is Congress doesn't look at it like that. The Congress is. Yeah. up here and we're down here and they're going to make the decisions and they say if you don't like it fucking leave no i get it i get it but, don't but we're not going to go down that road yeah don't get me started discussion 
Don't get me started. You know, but I'll tell you what, Dave. I, um, you know, up here at my wife's shop at the boarding house bistro, we we had a, a doctor that was in here. I mean, his wife, I mean, super nice people. I'm not going to say where he worked or, or what he did, uh, but he, he he did tell me that if you have not gotten vaccinated, it is time to get vaccinated. He said there is another strand on the horizon that is fucking worse than what we've seen. And they could get a hell of a lot worse than what I have we've heard gone that. through. He says, if you have not gotten the vaccine, you need to get it. And you need to get it now. And I said, really? And he said, yes. He goes, I'm not telling you to go do it. He goes, but I'm telling you to go do it. You know, so I mean, I, talking to my wife the other night, I was like, man, you know, is this is this serious? Is or is this just a doctor just, you know, promoting Johnson and Johnson or or whatever, you know, uh, I was part of that conversation. And, yeah, he got me thinking, too. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> then the other night there was a woman in here and I'm not going to say who it was. You know, she said something about that, that uh, big container ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Um, oh, there really? is going to be a toilet paper shortage again. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? So I told Chris, so naturally, what do I do Saturday morning? I go to Sam's to buy two things of toilet paper. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm not going through this bullshit like we did last year. It was crazy. <laughs> it was it was nuts. I mean, we didn't even need the toilet paper. Now, I didn't go crazy and I didn't buy a pallet of it, you know, like some assholes did. You know, but I bought two packages of it and I'm just, you know, and I just, I don't get it, guys. I, I really don't. And I understand if this was like a, if, if you got COVID, it was guaranteed you're going to fucking be eating brains and you're, you're guaranteed death. I mean, I would be on fucking lockdown. But, you know, I think people are just playing this bigger and they're playing the political portion of it bigger than what it needs to be. That's my personal opinion. Is it serious? Yes, it is. COVID is very serious, you know, and it's not something you want to be screwing around with, you know. But at the same time, I want to live my life. I really do. That's my thoughts. Halftime's over now. Let's get to the third quarter. We're going to be talking about Willett's Pot Still. How do you like it? How do you like it, Dave? We have poured them up. I'll just give you a little background on Willet Pot still. Uh, it's 94 proof. So earlier we had a 90 proof in the Woodford. The GR Ewing was an 80 proof. Um, Willet's a 94. It's an 8 to 10 year aging process. Comes out of Bardstown, Kentucky, out of the Willet Distillery. Uh, it was introduced to the public in 2008. The distillery itself was founded back in 1936. Uh, it is a small batch bourbon. And for those of you that don't know or new to this, um, small batch is typically in the 12 to 20 barrel range um, per batch, which means that the bottle you buy today and the bottle you buy next week may not be the same batch. Um, However, if you look on the label, it will tell you what batch number. So if it's a different batch number, there's probably a chance there's going to be a little slight difference in taste. Just to let you know, uh, for those of you that don't know that aren't watching this on TV, um, the unique bottle, it looks like the old copper pot stills. So if you pull out your National Geographic's or your Encyclopedia Britannica, I pull it up. Genie bottle. Hey, and of course, Fred's genie comes out of a bottle, but his name is Gene. That's spelled with a G. Or Jerkins. E-N-E. I thought it was Jerkins. That's how, you, that's how you broke your ankle. Oh, my God. So on the nose, you should get some almost like a vanilla cake um, with some uh, caramel in it. Um, The mash bill is undisclosed. Uh, From a taste standpoint, 
You should also get that caramel and vanilla and some citrus and a little bit of spice. And the finish, finish. due to, I think it probably has a high uh, rye content. Um, you're going to get that cinnamon flavor with a little bit of um, caramel also. So why don't we all try that, guys? Hey, Jim, as you were looking, are these two different mash bills? Or, I'm sorry, not mash bills, but batches? <clears throat> um, well, I'll tell you what. So... Um, this bottle here on the right is, is ours here at the boarding house. As you're uh, looking at your TV, look to the left, please. Yeah. Um, and the one on the right. So the way, when the girls open this bottle, they, it looks like they tore that battle, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the label all the way down. So I can't see the batch number on our bottle. But if you guys look at the top of this cap, okay, you don't see any engraving in this wood cap, do you? No. But if you look at this one. There's an engraving of Willet on the wood cap. Well, yes. Oh, yeah. Now, what about the emblem? Is the emblem the same? The same color? It's a little bit different. This one here. Yours more is more copper. It is a little bit more copper color. You know, um, it just uh, it's small batch bourbon. I mean, it's the same bottle. I mean, same. It's ex- probably from a different batch. And I'm sure it is. You know, um, changing the marketing too. No. It's, yeah, but the thing about it is, I mean, this bottle, it's a ten, eight to 10 year process. This bottle was probably, is actually batched 10 years ago. That could have been 12 years ago. Right. You know, and Dave, didn't you say that uh, that this has been around since 1930 something, but they only, so they the, just this, now introduced it? The distillery it? has been around since 36. Um, will it pot still, this formulation was introduced in 2008. So it was just, so this, this form, this recipe and formula was just introduced, just been introduced to the public. Wow. No way. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So Fred, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I, I thought Ewing had it and I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say, Willet has really come around. It really has. Um, I've had an opportunity. This, this has some really good flavor to it. Uh, it's very smooth. Uh, very aggressive to the palate, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying this. Uh, although I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, guys, because we were talking about this earlier on break. I don't know if my scoring goes up as the amount of drinks go in, um, or it's the type of bourbon that I'm actually tasting. But I will tell you, there was not a loser in this pack. There really was not. No. Uh, these were they were all heavy hitters. Uh, I do like this one. I think my highest score so far is an eight. I'm, I'm going to give this an eight. Very, very happy with this. It's very solid bourbon. Uh, anyway, enough said. Chris, what do you rate it? I like it a lot. I'm going to give it a nine again. A nine? Oh, wow. Strong nine. Wow. I can drink these all day. Bart? Well, you know... Um, I'm not as big a fan as these guys, but I am a fan. Um, this is probably this is a this is really good, except for the pepper taste on the back end. What is that, Dave? Um, I feel the pepper on the back. Like we said before, you said pepper on the back, right? Yeah. <laughs> the mash the mash bill is undisclosed, so we don't know what the mash bill is. So my thought would be based on what we tried in the past and what my research says, that's probably has a higher content of rye. So I think that's probably where you're getting that little bit of spice 
that pepper on the from back you, end, right? Back oh, so end, hold yeah. on one second. Hold on one second. I'm gonna. Mm. Yeah, I totally tasted it again. Yep, still got the same thing. It's it tastes really good going in, but it's a little peppery on the back. Would That's you guys what agree? she said. <laughs> right, <laughs> Mark. Can you describe that to me again? How was Listen, that? Listen, this you? comes from the guy who said "spit uh, up my mouth." So, okay, Bart, so don't even Bart, start. Not, we're not talking about prison, Bart. We're talking about the drink. What is your number, Bart? You know. All right. Um. God, it's so hard. That's what she said. <laughs> What's so hard? <laughs> to come up with a number on this one because I know how you guys mess with my numbers and. Uh, you know, I'm God. I, I, you guys are gonna round up to an eight, so I can't do that. I gotta, so is that an eight? That's a seven point four. Seven. Seven. Jim, what do you think? Um, the will it's good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, it, it is good. Um, it's got a little bit of spice to it. It's a higher proof than the last two we've had, right, Dave? Yes, sir. Um. It's a good bourbon. You know, I think this is a good uh, and I'll tell you, we we make more old fashions with the Willet than we do the Buffalo Trace here, Um, surprisingly enough. And and I can see why, because it's got because an old fashioned is sweet. I mean, you got the Lasardo cherries, you got the sugar, you got the orange. You can bring all those flavors out. Yes. And and when you're bringing this one here, that has got a little bit more spice to it. I I think that, that, you know, it really evens it out, you know. you know, going to what Fred said, you know, and we were talking about this on the on the on our commercial break here, uh, and I think this would be a really good podcast. And, and you guys, let me know what you think, and and the public, you know, let us know. Um, I, I think we should take all of our uh, top number ones um, for the last two months. We bring them all back, and we blind test them head to head, head to head. But we're gonna blind them. So we're going to go Fred's in two for the together, head-to-head thing. He and then we're that. just going to basically say, okay, we've got Angel's Envy, we got Woodford Reserve. You tell me which one is which, and we're going to see how good we really are. Am I right, Fred? I think that'd be fun. No, hey, I, uh, Jim, I'm right with you. I, I, I think that's fantastic because, you know, there, there's some variables here, guys. I mean, uh, let's face it. Like I said, they're all heavy hitters tonight. And, you know, do you, if you did the best one first, would it be the best one? Uh, because you finish with the fourth one as you get to enjoy your bourbons and go forward. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is top top ones that, have, yeah. that we've picked. And then, as as Jim was saying, blind testing them. In other words, we or, don't know the name. Or we, we can don't bring know the, the number one back to another tasting and see if it's number one again. That's true. See, see the variable. This is great because we can do right, this. Jim? We can roll and, a, and bounce this off and continue. Anything. And yeah, the different variables. All of yeah, you know, I, I'm going to tell you what, guys. I'm going to give this one an eight. I, I mean, I do like this one. Oh, good Lord. Oh, good Lord. Hey, hey Dave. Bart, um, you're talking to me. You like potatoes. I mean, dude, seriously. So, Dave, yes, not being able to smell, how do you really taste all these different flavors? So I do have a bit of a disadvantage. So when I talk about what you guys are, are catching on the nose, um, I obviously do not have that. I'm so, there with Dave as well. I cannot smell what you guys smell. So we're the non-nose brothers, obviously. So um, I, I really have to pay attention when it hits the palate, right when it hits my tongue, what flavors am I getting? I tendency not to swallow it right off the bat. 
I let it sit there and you try to hold it in your mouth. Hold in my mouth. Fred taught me that. <laughs> Did you stick your tongue out too and show it? Um, actually, Bart, actually, Bart choked me. <laughs> the money Those shot. You had the live video feed. You know what that means. <laughs> the money shot. But then I'm with you. I mean, it's like, all right. So when you, it's, when, you when you first pour it, must be fun. Right? Taste in right off the bat. Today is Easter. I need to do a nominee um, no, I, I, I know what you mean, Chris. I mean, I, and I know exactly what you mean because whenever I smell it, I smell brown sugar. You know that. That's what I smell. You know. Um, you know, I don't know if that's do, what you I, get. I smell, I smell brown sugar. Yeah, you brown know. sugar, and I can yeah. taste it. <laughs> you can taste, yeah. I you can know, taste I mean, it. I yeah. get it right. I said, I once I put it in there, I just let it sit. So almost you have to, yeah, in my sense, so I can get all those flavors. I um, I wish I could smell it, but yeah, you know, no, when I, when I, I, I get finish, finish, I'm glad I let it sit. Quit <laughs> being a douche. Well, that's what I've been doing. I've been all right. So when you guys do the pour. I'll do a taste right off the bat. Oh, yeah, right off the gate. And then I'll let it sit for a while and then yep. taste it again. There is a difference, significant difference for sure. Yeah. But learning the burn versus it cooling off, it's like, man, you know it when you take that first sip versus letting it sit. So. Well, you know, and I'll tell you, for being a 95 proof, um, for being a 95 proof there, you know, because, uh, you know, tendency, you know, the higher the proof, the, the, the harder the burn or the hotter the burn it has on it. This one doesn't actually have that much of a burn on the back end. No it burn. really doesn't. It's not a burn. It's all no. taste. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a good one. I like this one. No. So if, if I'm ranking this, um, I, I, I am a fan. I've, I've been a fan of this for a while. Um, and and I'll, I'll admit, when I first saw the bottle, I thought the bottle was cooler than hell. Um, uh, Dave, and, you have no idea how many people ask me, can we get that genie bottle when you guys empty it? I have like a waiting list well, to get these. Upside down, what's it look like? Oh, it's like a torch to me. Oh, yeah. Olympic torch. Good call. Yes. All, All right, right so, girls I'm asking gonna, for it. I, what I do you give it, it Dave? I, I give it an eight. Oh, good Lord. All right, Fred, what you do you got? I mean, no, across, this is not actually, no, I'm, I'm the last one. This is one of my favorite bourbons. By far, um, I've liked it from the get go. I like the all the flavors that I get. Has it doesn't burn at all? It's smooth to me. So I'll give this one a nine. In fact, there's a little story about the Infinity Bottle. Um, when we were doing this back at Carlos's house, um, I believe Fred had left because his curfew came up, and <laughs> Bart was his ride, so Bart was gone, and Jim wasn't there yet, so. Carlos goes, we got to put something in the Infinity Bottle. He grabs a bottle of uh, Willet, and there's about a little over a quarter, maybe closer to a half. Carlos and I live about a block from each other. Let's just say it made it to there. <laughs> we had a good time that night. The gym was not very nice in the morning. So, so Dave, what's up next? Oh. Uh, well, what, what did he give it, Carlos? I gave it a nine. A nine. Gave it a nine. Gave it a nine. A nine. Oh. A nine. Whoa. Right. All right. I think this is the bottle everybody's been waiting for all night. I know I have. So, Blattens. Blattens. so, the, so the last bottle we have tonight oh my God. Is, uh, is 10 high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Good night. <laughs> Lost all credibility on that statement. Okay. No, honestly, uh, we have Blanton's. Um, for those of you that are. New to the bourbon world, Blanton's is extremely hard to find. You can say um, that again. Say that again, would you? We have what? Blanton's is extremely hard to find. 
Blanton's. We have Blanton's. Yes. Yes. I like to hear um, that. Uh, we do have Blanton's here at the Boarding House Bistro, too. Um, now, I can't tell you how much we have left because. But I'm looking at it and I'm working next week, so you better come now because the following week it'll be gone. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you guys. So if you've ever been into the shop, not been into the shop, I mean, you know that we have a, a very good selection of bourbons. Now, we, we are not a bourbon bar, so we're we're not going to carry 200 bourbons. We just we just don't have that kind of space. Uh, but our bourbon selection is, is very good here. You know, on our wall, we, we do it by the two-ounce pour. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, our prices, talking to other people, our prices are, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal. You know what? Um, Dave and I go out bourbon hunting. We went out, well, a couple weeks ago, and we found various prices. What, what was what we were looking at? One, one place we were looking at was like $68, next place could be 100 yeah 100 the pricing on bourbon is ridiculous yes it's just it's outright stupid some yeah. people just in love with them yeah and um but if you come here to the um the boarding house they treat you right and it's fair oh yeah absolutely you know and the thing about it is guys so if you look up on the very top shelf uh all the bourbons to the right hand side of the bourbon mirror uh those are allocated bourbons so if and what i mean by allocated it means is that we can only get our hands on one or two bottles at a time. And when I say one or two bottles at a time, one or two bottles a year, um, because they are these bourbons are such sought after, high-end, expensive bourbons, you know, that you can't, you cannot find them, you know? And if you're finding them, you're paying top dollar for these bourbons, you know? So, but, uh, all right. So, you guys ready for the pour? Blanton's. Blanton's. It hasn't happened. Well, yet. Bart is not ready because he's still on the willet. He's still on the willet. Bart, hurry up. I can make it happen. Speaking of which, by the way, I know you and you and Dave go out and do your thing. Mm-hmm. You know, before COVID, Fred and I went out and we found bourbons at a decent price, too. And I will tell you. Was that, that a little boys club? No, it was at the bumper car arena. Oh, Word. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, Dave, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. We you have you have kids average in ages. Yeah. Um, Nin- nineteen to fifteen. How do you feel that information is affected them? Do you think information gets to them too fast? As far as like the internet, um, technology, all that stuff. I honestly think they have information overload because they're getting information from their friends from the internet from they're all on TikTok, they're all on Snapchat, they're all on Instagram. So they get all this information and they're at a such a young age, they really don't know how to decipher what's right, what's correct, what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um so the, the deal is I think um as they sit and look at all this stuff they really need to say, okay, look, um, what is it that I need? You know, what information do I need? What information do I want? Um, and what's going to help me? Um, I think it's overload. And I think they really need to, as much as they don't want to rely or ask their parents a question, sometimes they have to. Because they may not think we know anything, but we're the so best source. So, take it when we were teenagers. 
when um, our cellular phone was hooked to a cord in the house, um, the only time we can see any type of pornographic material is we got lucky from a JCPenney catalog or we found some porno mag. Now they can get on the internet in seconds. They can see anything they want. They can do anything. They can make a vape out of an ink pen. They can make a bomb. They can learn how to make meth. They can learn everything that we wanted to find out from the cheerleader. Really? I understand you Irish boys did stuff a little different. But well, yeah. Back in that day, yeah. back in that, day that was Roxana. It was a shell back in that day. So that's a whole <laughs> uh, another conversation. Not for tonight. Hey, don't don't fuck with the shells. <laughs> Nobody did. I think that's just a one question night. Roxana question mark. And we go. Oh, there's about four things I can say to that right now, but I do not want to upset anybody from Roxana. Yeah, you yeah, better not. But they will uh, be we, may, we may so wait for a commercial break about no. Bart's family tree. Roxana. <laughs> <laughs> your kids, your kids have I'm a implant. Bart, your kids have a wide range, also. Yeah. So, what? Do. How do you think information is affecting their lives, and how do you handle it? Do you know, you know what? Again, a different perspective from Dave. Um. And the reason why I say that is, is because, you know what? Parents don't have all the information. What we're not teaching our kids is how to react to the information. Because how do you know that information is true right now? Well, what I'm from, here's, here's why I look at, look at music. Okay. When go. we're teenagers at Journey. Right. You had, you had Teddy Pendergrass. Right. Luther Vandross. I got you. Now you got music just say, hey, I want to stick it here. You're going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm, it says outright. You can't sing or rap those songs in front of your parents. Those songs that we grew up as a teenager, you can play them. You can blast them down the right. street because they I had meaning to them. Right. Well, they now had a the story. music is they just. Had a story. Now it's just. Yeah, I get, I get you. I get you. No, there's actually still great rap artists out there that have some great shit. So I ain't going to lie. But what I'm going to tell you is this. You know what? Again, it goes back to your family unit. I mean, because I, I mean, you cannot. I mean, can you imagine? I, I want to give you a perspective that is going to blow your mind. If I asked my parents back in the day, hey, what's the speed of sound? I want to know when the sonic boom happens. Well, we didn't have the Internet. Okay. We didn't know it was seven. We just got slapped and said, "Go outside and cut the grass." Right. So we didn't. They didn't know it was seven hundred twenty-three miles per we'll hour. Look it up in the encyclopedia. Reason, right. Okay. So I, I'm saying this because our parents think about this. Our parents would tell us stuff, and then we would die for it because this was our parents. Why wouldn't we, you know, hold their honor even though they didn't know the answer and they just made you know they just gave it gave us an answer. Oh, it's five hundred miles an hour. Whatever. It was bullshit. Right. Now you go back to when my kids are growing up. My kids, seriously, this is what he did to me. I'm asking, he goes, hey, dad, what's the airspeed? You know, I said 723 miles per hour. Don't know why I know that. It's just useless information in my head, but it's there. I told him, you know what he said, though? You know what he said? I'm going to Google it. So imagine parents raising kids today. Hey, this is what you're supposed to act. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to act. What is the kid going to do? Well, I'm going to Google it. You know, I, I would say that Google and YouTube has helped me parenting sometimes. 
because I like math, had a lot of math, but math you. is one of those things. If you don't use it every day, you kind of lose it. Right. So both of my kids are very good. They're smart kids. So going over homework, I don't do homework with them now, but back when I did homework with them, Hey dad, help me out this problem. So I look at it. It was like, Oh shit. So I have to turn my back away, YouTube it. Oh, this is how you do it. So I appear like a smart dad again. Right. I got you. So same difference. Technology is helping me out too. Right. Exactly. That's my point. So we should be teaching our kids how to react to the information versus relying on just one source of information. Well, let me ask you guys a question. And just just hypothetical question talking about technology. Hey, Jim, hold that thought real quick, if you don't okay. mind. No, no. Go I, ahead. I apologize. So... We got the Blantons here because we are the Bourbon Brothers. So let's just talk just a tad bit for a second. We'll get back to Jim because I know he has a good point. Uh, Blantons, it is the original single barrel. <laughs> um, the leprechaun over here is choking on. Blant I will let you guys fill in the blank. <laughs> it is a 93 proof. Uh, it's approximately six to eight years old. Um, it is comes out of the famous warehouse H. And what that means is there's certain warehouses um, in the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Buff the warehouse H is in the middle section and it is a warehouse, one of the only ones that has metal walls. Hey, hold that thought for a second, Dave. Now, Blanton's, um, this is the same distillery that makes Weller, Pappies, Blanton's, all the big name Correct. bourbons. Buffalo Trace. Yes, yes. All the big names. All the heavy hitter bourbons. Rock Hill. Yes. Elmer T. Lee. Yes. yes. They may, and they, they have what? How many different lines of bourbon do they carry? <sighs> At least eight to nine. Yeah. And all the big names. Big names. And yes. they run, you know, down from, you know, $12, $13 a bottle up to the Rock Hill, which is in the hundreds. And yeah. well, then located? you go into Pappy's. Um, they're located out of Frankfort, Kentucky. Yep. Uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery. Right on um, the river, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so as I was saying, it comes out of Warehouse H. And the reason um, that warehouse is special is it has all metal walls as opposed to the other rock rick houses that have the wooden walls. And the reason they do that is because it gives you a better read of what the temperature is outside as opposed to in the warehouse. So you get the difference in flavors because you get the actual temperatures as opposed to the insulation of a wood brick house. Um, it's named after Colonel Albert Blanton, uh, created by master distiller Elmer T. Lee. Um, so the cool thing about a Blanton's bottle, if you ever seen one, and if you're looking at your screen, look to the right. For those of you on the East Coast, look to your left. Um, it has different stoppers on the top. And what they are is a racehorse with a jockey. And it is the different stages of the race from the beginning to the end. Obviously, for Kentucky, it's not stated, but this is actually the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the mash bill is undisclosed. However, uh, Buffalo Trace has three mash bills that they use. This one is known as number two. And it's thought to have about 15% rye. Um, as a single barrel, which this is, no two bottles were going to taste exactly the same. So that's kind of cool. Um, 
it, but it's a double-edged sword. You may get a bottle of Blanton's that you're just falling in love with, and the next bottle of Blanton's you find may not taste the same way, but that's just one of those things you got to deal with. Um, the copper stoppers on the top, they all have a little letter in the lower left leg. Lower left leg. Thanks, yep. Jim. Um, and they spell out Blanton's. So that is another reason these bottles are highly sought off. Um, right now, we have two bottles in front of us, and we have an L. And we have an O. We have an O. Yep. Okay. L and O. And L and O. So um, they are hard to find. Um, if you can find them, if you ever come across them, and it's less than 100 bucks, buy it. And Bart you, will probably give you a reach around for the topper. Right. And uh, if you Dump. buy it and you're not a bourbon drinker, please call us because we'll buy it from you. Done and done. Reach around yeah. and the extra money. Yeah. yeah. So we've all started tasting this. What are you guys getting off the nose of this? What, before you smell, what are you guys getting? Um, Help us out. So I'll, I'll go first. I mean, unless somebody else wants to go first. No, I, I'm, I'm definitely getting that oak barrel taste. Okay. Um, not a burn. Um, I mean, it's got a little spice to it, but it's not bad. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely get that oak barrel taste for sure. I can't really put my 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 palate on what else I'm getting. Chris, what do you think? I think Fred has influenced me what too much, but I will tell you, um, I, I really like this one. You know, you talk about the spice, the little kick at the end. I mean, there is a little bit of a kick, and I feel it on my tongue, but I tried it when it first, when he first poured it, it was, it was strong, and then you let it sit, and man, it turned to smooth. So that, for me, was right there. It was smooth. It was very, very smooth. Um, like I said, my taste ain't there, but I like it. I really like it. I get a little sweetness, almost like a butterscotch flavor toward the end. Um, I still get a little spice and, and the oaky, uh, as Jim mentioned, but I get that almost like a butterscotch spice at the end. Um, and like I said, not having the ability to smell is a little different. So that's why I let it sit sit there for a little bit. Um, but I, I'm a fan. What would you rate it as, Chris? I'm sticking with a nine. A nine? Nine? They're all nines to me today. They're all, 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 all good. All right, Mr. Yes, Fred. Well, I got to fucking be honest with you, all right? It's it's like this. It changes my voice. It, For those of uh, you guys it, not watching us on TV, brings me Fred to, has rolled up his sleeves to show the biceps. It brings me to, uh, you know, want to knock it down. You know, it's one of these things that, uh, hey, what can I tell you? It's 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 full-bodied, and we're not even talking about wine here. You know what I'm saying? And so you put a dip in. It, it uh, has a great taste. It goes down nice and smooth. It has a little bite at the end, as my partner Chris said. You know, it makes you happy when you finish it. It makes you happier to have another one. Yeah, I give this hands. one a 10. <laughs> Anybody who's ever been to church as a kid knows exactly what that means. If you're happy and you know it, clap your clap hands. Clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sit the, on a tank. <laughs> what the hell? What? <laughs> no, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. What? Yeah, yeah sit on a tank. What? No, you know the song. I don't know that part. You and should you're know happy the song. And you know it, and Jesus loves you, and you know it. Clap your hands. 
Oh, I know that part. Every I didn't, day, I didn't know about the sitting on day, the tack day part. Is thank you very much. Yeah. If you know, you know. And you said you're Catholic. Oh, I'm Irish Catholic. Catholic is two different things. I'm Irish Catholic. They, they do things different. Sit on my lap, and if I'm happy, clap Back your hands. up the sheep. Wow. <laughs> That's the Irish way, right? You know what? Not a near pudge of Helios. There's a hat. There's a hammer. Nelson. That, 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 that's Nelson. And then there's a father, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I taught you that move. <laughs> it's Easter. I'm going to hell. Yeah, you uh, are. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, Carlos. I'm, I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one a, a good solid eight. You know, um, you know, I just. Do you have a nine in you? Yeah, it's called Angel's Envy and Antique 107. Oh, look at you. Okay, I see. All yes. right, you pulled that card. I got you. So, Bart, what do you rate it? You know what? No lip grading. What? No, no. Uh, no I'm going to tell you no what, lip- dude. That, that 107. Well, I'm lip grading everything, so you guys just got to deal with just, that shit. It's phenomenal. Uh, all right, so actually, this one right here, she's everything. She got the curves. She got the look. She fucking. She I, looked at me across the room. Literally reciting a song right now. Not yet. Yes, you are because that what is song? rock set. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I believe that's a Danish group from the eighties. Yeah, I, I may, I may yeah. or may not have plagiarized, but all I'm saying what? is, you know, plagiarism. You know what that is? It's a big word. It's two syllables. Plagiarism. Okay. All right. Plagiarism. You got ism on the brain. Plagiarism is for well, copying anyway, papers. Listen, 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 listen. All right. So it's actually three one. syllables. It's three <laughs> syllables, Bart. But plagiarism. <laughs> plagiarism. Yeah. All right. You maybe that's right. That's a one syllable too. Amazing. Is there four? Is there four? Plagiarism. Rate it. Rate it, Bart. <laughs> before I poke you in the eye. Hold on. Hold on. Kankle. Was the last Kankle episode Kankle called? Has I'm two. fucked up. All right. Well, this one's going to be called plagiarism. I got three. Two syllables. I got, I got three syllables for you. Potato. Score. <laughs> <sighs> I live with it every fucking day. Today, right. Bart. Today. So, so there. You know what, Smalls? Take it easy. All right. So there we go. Danger. <laughs> well, we're waiting. All right. Um. You know what? This one's full bodied. Today, Bart. Today. Listen, mother. I'm, I'm. 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 You know what? Don't rush me. I'm putting out there this. It's got a great taste. It has great body. It oh, has it does. great I mean, aroma. I, I, I love blames. This is, you know what? This is as close, close to a perfect bourbon that there is uh, for me. So I'm going to go with yeah. 9.1. I said it was nine close. Niner. Milwaukee talkie, right? Shut up, Richard. All right, Dave. Check that spark plug, eh? Blanton's is on my list. It is a uh, is a favorite of mine. Uh, unfortunately, you just can't get it that often. Um, I do enjoy it. I love drinking it. Um, it is one of those ones that if you're just sitting around and you want just one drink for the night, you put a big cube out there, you pour about three ounces, and you would just enjoy the evening. Um, it's a solid nine. Hail to the year. What you got, Carlos? All right. This is this is one of my favorites. And it's 
it's hard to rate because I'm still looking for that 10. This is my 10 until I find it, but I have to give it a nine until I find that 10. I get it. Um, right. Because it could be something better. It's a 10. It so is. I'm going to give it a beautiful. nine. She's Hold on. Beautiful. Right. There's Back no to doubt. the sports uh, of its era. <laughs> it's a 10 of its oh, era. Way to tie that in, you nut splitter. So, Bart, do you still think there's a lot of information out there for for kids? You know, like I like I said, it's uh, there's a lot of information out there for kids, and if you're not a walking encyclopedia as a parent, um, you know, Dave, I'm going to give you a perspective, bro. You said uh, yes, sir. You said you know the kids as he's playing on his phone. Yeah, no shit, right? He's like, he's totally connecting with them all. I'll tell you that. <laughs> did you check your Yahoo there information? Um, actually, I did. I, I just changed my... What are you, uh, fucking 1944 here? A- what are we talking AOL, about? AOL, bitch. AOL. Talking about his Instagram or... Are you dialing up for that information? No, I had a starting pitcher on uh, Sunday Night Baseball that wasn't starting, so I had to switch out. No, I yeah. get you. Totally get that. Yeah, totally get that. Well, right, Bart, so, as soon as you make your point, I mean... T- t- well, no, my day. Yeah. I got a point for you. And I want to, and, and it's a legitimate. Oh, that's fair. That's honest fair. question. No, so, my question is the, the thing is, is that kids know more than parents do these days. But they Would don't understand it. They kids don't understand think it. But they, they know more. They have kids the information. Think they know more. Yeah, absolutely. But the context and how to deal with it, that's where we come in. But I'm asking you, But Dave, the problem is this go. We don't know if the, what they're looking at. Not, what let, you mean? Not, not unless you isolate all the controls on on the internet. Not unless you shut off all the music stations. Not unless you shut off primetime TV. You don't know what you're looking at because you know back in they our day. They don't know what they're looking at, Carlos, because they may get five different opinions. But listen to it. It comes the same down shit. to trusting okay. your kid to work all that right. information. We grew up in the era of Barnaby Jones. Yeah, we when did. When you got shot, you I saw you. nothing. The guy I got just you. fell down. I got you. All right. Now. Right. You, on primetime TV, on regular, you don't have to pay for these channels. You see every, you see all the blood and guts and everything. There's no imagination. No. No imagination, bro. So, Chris, you when, when Bart had said something about, you know, kids know more than adults do. I mean, you you look like you wanted a rebuttal against that. I mean, now is the time to do this. I mean, is it, that's yeah, what bring we do it, here. Bring it. You know? I, all right, so. But keep it PG-13. It's, it comes down to actual respect. Do these children actually respect their parents for what they've done for them in the in the age of you guys talk about information? The True information story. that's shown to them, yes, they have access to everything. Everything. So do we. So if they ask you a question and we don't have the answer, what are we doing? That's exactly what we're doing. We're looking it up and saying, here's your answer. You wow. talked about doing homework with your kids. You could. You used to, but you can't do it anymore. They're being taught a level a that's different. Way. different. Right. And we grew up. So all these levels are totally different versus is there too much information? Hold on one second, guys. So for all you broadcasters out there, I want everybody to turn around and wave to the camera and wave to our whole sponsor right now. Oh. Oh hey. Hello. (laughs) So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up two points to this guys. She now she's talking to us. Oh Lord. Wait a minute. Are we we being watched? Oh, yes. There is always an eye in the sky. And that should be a good question. 
possibly for another broadcast. Absolutely. Is Big Brother an issue for people? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very big deal. Yes. Yeah, it's a big deal. There's here. a camera around every it's corner. It's coming here. Hi, yes. Chrissy. Love you, hon. Yeah, we all love you. Just so you know. Where's my lunchbox? <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up two points, guys, and, and and it's not a it's not a debate. Two points, it's just two points. Number one, Bart, you made a comment that kids nowadays know more than their parents. They have access to information. Yes. Yep, you're absolutely right. Here's what I'm gonna say about that: the kids nowadays don't know the consequences to their actions nowadays. Absolutely. Because guess what? When I was a kid. And you did something stupid, you got your fucking ass beat. You didn't get a whip, and you got your ass whipped. Yep. Switching. Go out, pick a switch, and if it breaks, it's going to be worse. If you lost a fight, I got you. Pull your pants up. You guys ever been swatted with a switch across your back of your thighs? No, you have not. I've never seen a switch. I used my hands. I never hey, by the way, that was Carlos' kids something. in the background going, hell hits, no. Hits both, and they leave red welts. And let me tell you something, dude. I'd rather punch him in the face then get switched to the switch Hell and my yeah. grandma oh dude she Military was old hurts worse. you know what that's funny because my mother seems like she to my to my kids she's probably the nicest sweetest lady on God's green earth mm-hmm. growing up I thought well, she I'll was tell you what, evil. Though, you flip that switch I thought it's like the wicked witch of the you know fucking what? west you're just this like is, what the fuck is going on here this is a true story um, years ago I say about 15 years ago my mom was getting carpal tunnel surgery all right, so the um, the doctor came out and said, hey, everything went well. Um, hey, your mom has large hands. I said, well, she grew up working on the farm. I said, just imagine getting hit by him when you were little. You know, my mom hit me with everything, a shoe, a belt, a extension switch, cord, uh, yeah. a switch, anything. Wooden spoon. Yeah, wooden spoon. She was a teacher, so she had, the, she had those paddles, too. Damn. So I wise up about the fourth grade and say, man, this stuff hurts. This stuff hurts. I'm not, I'm not getting in trouble anymore. And, you know, my kids, I could probably count on less than 10 times they've both combined. One's looking at me right now like I'm crazy because they think I'm crazy. But anyway... But that's 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 the way you should. I, I can count on one hand. Get over here and I can, hey, I can count on one hand how many times oh, I discipline my older son. You get beat all the time. Get over here, CJ. Hold on. Get so the hell over here. I'm going to hear this shit. Spoil the child. I mean, I got the the belt. One time, I think mom grabbed a board and beat me. I used to be. I was a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bad kid. How many times my mom oh, reached in the kitchen sink? Is that a two by four, two by six? What was it? What do you consider a board? It had the slots you in it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. Because it was stuck up there, like. Damn. 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 Wow. I'm not gonna win this. I'm not gonna win this. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 knows their true consequences for the actions they do like we did when we were growing up the experience the experience is totally different yes number two and this is an honest question and we all have kids every one of us how many of you guys can honest can you honestly say that you have given your kids life lessons in life and what I mean by life lessons, I mean by let's go out, 
let's change the oil in the car. Hey, come on. I'm going to show you how to sew up a pair of jeans. Is that really a life lesson? No, but it's things that they learn that they got to use later on. Yes. You, you, yes. No, wait a minute. Hold how on. Hold many, on. Survival skills versus life no, 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 lessons minute, are Bart. totally wait different. Wait a minute, Bart. How many of your kids know how to fucking write in cursive? Uh, That's a fucking life lesson. Two out of Amen, three. Amen, brother. They got rid of it in school. Dude, two out of three. My son had to get his, his fucking passport. It doesn't. A, a federal document. Braden, I need you to sign your, sign your name. Braden D. Johnson. He goes to fucking print it. I'm like, what are you doing? I need a signature. Well, my kids talk yeah, cursive to, to themselves. What in the fuck are you talking about? Dude, you're 12 years old. You should know how to write in cursive by now. They don't teach that in school anymore. No, they don't have handwriting. They don't up. teach kids how to cook in home ec. They don't teach kids wood shop. They don't teach kids how to change oil. They don't teach kids how to change a tire. They don't what teach I'm asking, kids how to run the asking, stock market either, but and they, they do. And, and we're, we're on the subject of too much technology. How many dads now teach their kids actual life lessons? You know, how to write a check. How on. to change the oil. Hold how on. to do their fucking laundry. Do you know how many kids that I know of that don't know how to do laundry? Those, those are valid points, but you also... I'm just asking. No, 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 no. On, but it's on, true. On certain, but it's aspects, true. certain aspects of what you're saying, you're right. Other aspects, technology has taken over. Thank you. You're absolutely right. You know, that's, I got, that's I got a simple, I got a simple thing. Have. So, how many of you guys fish? I All like of to fish. I just don't like All to touch fish. fish. Okay. So, um, my kids, I taught them how to fillet a fish. And they're like, McDonald's. Give me that Super fish. With a Dr. So give me that Their fish. question is, well, where's the electric, the electric knife? No, we're not. It's called this. We're not filleting fish with an electric knife. I sat down and they went on fishing trip with me last year. And I sat there and I showed them how you take a fillet knife, how you take it right behind the head, slice it down the rib cage, flip it, take off the skin. And they're like, well, that takes too long. Doesn't matter. You know, you need to know how to do it because at some point, your daughter or your son is gonna want to know how to do it, and you need to know how to do it. Well, you know, in like Braden's car, you know, I mean, his car was acting up on on the shifter. It just it would not engage into park. It was in park, but the system wouldn't recognize it because everything's digital now. Everything's electronic. He's like, Dad, I just don't know what to do. And I said, Dude, I said, sometimes you just gotta take shit apart and figure it out. God damn it. He goes, well, why don't, just, why don't we just take it to the dealership? And I was like, oh, yeah, where's your credit card at? He was like, well, I don't have one. And I was like, this guy is not a fucking ATM machine. I said, so let's get on YouTube. Let's do a little bit of research. Let's do a little bit of research. Yes, That's we are using technology. YouTube. We are right? using technology. I said, but, but Braden, I said, sometimes if it's not on YouTube, if it's not there, you got to use a little bit of fucking ingenuity, buddy. Figure it out. And guess what it was? It was a plastic piece that was fucking broke off, and the damn shifter kept falling down. I said, you know how we're going to fix this? Electrical tape. <laughs> Take that shit up, and that shit that don't shift down anymore. It? Did nice. you duck it? Hey, we MacGyvered that shit. How many of you guys grew up watching MacGyver? This guy. Hell yeah. yeah. If you guys yeah. are all looking at your screen, turn around. We're all raising our hands. Yeah. All so, right, guys. Let's so, talk about how the bourbon's rated out tonight. Oh, yeah, good Hold one. Up. So, Woodford Reserve. Done, have we done the... Uh, yeah, we already... Ra- yep. Bart, what the fuck have you been, dude? Did I rate Blends? Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, you Wait a minute, hold up. You I might nine. be a little bit fucked up. Relax. Niner from the walkie-talkie. No, All it's right. The, it's the cankle. Woodford came in at a 46. Boo. TR came in at a 49. What? Are you... Si- right? Will it oh, pot? Shit. 58. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. 
and all time number one. Blends came in at a sixty-three. I think I called Woo! it. Hey, man. I think I'm almost. I think hey, man. I called that. I think we called it. Actually, we did. No, because actually, I think some of you guys had the Jr. about the wallet. Uh, that would not be me. And actually, I think some of you guys actually tied. I had, I had a tie for first. I think you did. I had a tie for first. Yeah. Uh, I scored equals. So, that's it for episode two from the Burger Brothers. Brothers coming from the Boarding House Bistro in beautiful downtown O'Fallon. Tune in next time. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll taste more bourbons, you know, as we go. I'm a little topsy here as we taste more bourbons solve life issues one drink at a time is anybody fucked up see you guys